Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Amen. Amen. You know, I was blessed. Last week I was sharing, we had a couple of different ladies and one of them came up to me and they were like, you know, I have been going to church for a long time. How many of you have been in church for a long time? It's been a long time for a lot of us. We've been, it's been since 2008 for me. And they're like, I've been going to church for a long time, but I just want to tell you that when I came to this house, Jesus became real to me. How many of you know that you can be, you know, you can be in a place, but it doesn't mean that the place or the experience that's going on around you has yet become real to you. So I've been asking the Lord, God, what does it look like for us to become a house? You know, we've been going through kind of our core values. Um, Who are we? What What are your core values? Your core values are who you are. The reason you make decisions or you don't make decisions are based off of the value system inside of you. The reason we are called Abide Church is because your pastor has a core value for the secret place. For John 15, to abide in him and for him to abide in me. And all of us, we have these core values, these things that are, that are very important for us. And what we, what we don't realize is while we have good core values, there are also negative core values. There are things that we embed ourselves in, like when we get hurt. I will never let that happen to me again. Core value, walls. And what God has been speaking to us is for our core values to be aligned. Our value system, which is your core values, it's your value system. For our value system to be aligned with his value system. You know, when, when you become a Christian or, or whether you know what, what we are aspiring to is to leave the kingdom of this world, there is a kingdom of this world. And we are trying to make a transference from this kingdom to his kingdom. Not just, not just physically because it would be easy for us to say, well, that's going to happen when Jesus comes back. And we're, No, I'm talking about now. Like, I want my mind to be like his mind. I want my money to be stewarded as it is his money. I want, to, I want to raise my kids the way he would raise my kids. And so there's this shift that, that, that has to take place within all of us. And I believe these are the, when you go bowling, you know there's bumpers. If you're really stuck, you got to put up the bumpers. And I believe as a church, what God is doing is he's putting up bumpers that as we, as we go about life, they keep us in his will. Now, how many of you want to be in his will? His will is where you want to be. More than a church, his will is what you want. And so I've been asking the Lord as a body, Lord, what do you have? Like, what are the things that you're speaking to us as a people that you want from us? And one of the things, the one I want to cover today is this. I believe the Lord, he's asking us as a body to walk innocently. Say walk innocently. Walk innocently. To, to walk innocently. And, I, and when I first heard that, I was like, what does, like, I feel innocent, Lord. Like, I immediately, oh, I'm in the blood of Jesus. I'm innocent. And, and this is all true. But when I looked at the word innocent, in, in the dictionary, one of the, one of the things that stood out to me is to be innocent is to live your life without guilt, shame, or offense. To be a people that as we walk, listen, this, this Christianity, it is to be walked out. There is nobody, when Jesus comes back, there is no one that can give account for your life except you. And the beautiful thing is this should not worry us because the promise of God is that he has given us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit inside of us, it empowers us. So like literally our only job is to yield to the Holy Spirit. Now the difficult thing about this is we live in a world that is moving a thousand miles per hour. You have, you, you know, you have, we're starting a business and as I'm starting a business, there are 50 people with 50 opinions and they're all different. And so as we follow the Lord 
And as we're trying to walk, figure out who we are, what are our core values, the difficult part was, is all of the voices that are putting pressure on you saying you should be this. So going back to walking innocently, what I feel is one of the biggest things that we struggle with or that becomes difficult for us is to become a people that can be unashamed. You know, we were at a conference with our leaders and we're all kind of going through this heart, you know, just asking the Lord. How many of you know that your heart's important? What you allow into your heart, the Bible says, guard your heart above all else, for from it flow the issues of life. Meaning, like, what I allow in my heart, if I allow my heart to become hard, if I allow just anybody to speak into that place in my life, it will literally change the course of where my life is going. It will change how I see things, how I interpret things, how I feel things. So God is saying, guard your heart above all else, for, for from it flow the issues of life. And part of the issue we have is that we have become a people that we understand that we have been saved. How many of you are saved? Like you know, like Jesus has touched you. You, you, you feel solidified in that. But we fail to move from, from realizing that there is deliverance, but after deliverance, God is wanting to heal us. Like he is wanting to heal us from the inside out. And so we've become a really good, our generation, this, this time we live in now, we are experts at projecting what we, we, want, we think people want to see. So like as soon as we come into a scene, we adapt to our environment. What do they like? What don't they like? And now I have put on my projected self. And the truth with this is, is it robs us of who we really are. Because here's the truth. You don't want and I don't want to live my life projecting what I think people want around me instead of my true self. Particularly if you have a core value for being authentic, which if you're in this house, I believe you do. Within every one of us, what we want to be is to be authentic, raw, and open. But the difficulty is we have been hurt and we have been wounded and all of these things have happened where we close ourselves off and say, this is not safe. Now, I would say to you that maybe, like, maybe you could justify maybe closing yourself off for people, but the issue with this is, is as we close ourselves off to people, we close ourselves off to the Lord. Because what I've learned, if, if I struggle with this horizontal thing, <laughs> I said it wrong last service. <laughs> if I struggle with this horizontal thing, then inevitably I'm going to struggle with this vertical thing. And so God comes into this moment, 2008, I walked into a church, a broken kid, angry, off of drugs, and all of these things, and God met me in this place, and I had all this, this, this hope that I had never had before, and then you fast forward a few months, and I'm finding myself with the same struggles, understanding I had met Jesus, but why do I still think like an orphan? Like, why do I still respond to people in that way? And why do I think and why do I feel rejected? Am I the only one? No, no, not you, not you. But what I feel, and I have to say this, because what God is doing in this hour, in this time, is he's going to make it uncomfortable. So we live in a world now where it's kind of awkward to be that vulnerable. I've said that people are like, man, you're crazy vulnerable. It's going to change where it's going to be awkward to not be vulnerable. Like, the people who refuse to share and be honest and vulnerable, those are the ones that there's something wrong with them. Because according to the Bible in James 5, it says that we are to come together and confess our sins to one another so that what? So that you may be healed. And that word healed is physical, spiritual, emotional. And that's what you are. You're not a body with a spirit. You're a spirit that lives inside of a body. It's who you are. You have a mind, a soul, and a spirit. And in your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And this is the tension that we feel. 
Because while Jesus said it is finished and it has been and you have been saved, there is a process that is going on inside of you that is trying to work out sanctification. Meaning your mind, your will, and your emotions are trying to figure out what happened here. Whoa, 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 what do you mean? Like, you, you lived your whole life rejected. How can you, your mind is trying to catch up with what happened to your spirit. And we want to separate these two, but we cannot. Because it becomes difficult when we come into a church and we sing songs about Jesus being the most beautiful thing, but you feel broken and unloved. And it creates this chasm as we come in, and what God is wanting from us is to be an honest people. A vulnerable and honest people that we would lay it all before him. And that we would realize that he's wanting to deliver us. This is how we get to, to walking innocently. He delivers us. He does this freely. He has given this. And he heals you. But here's what happens, man. The Holy Spirit is as a, he is gentle. It is a person. This Holy Spirit is not some abstract fog. He is a person. It is a person. And he will not force himself into your heart. He's waiting for an invitation for a yielded people that would allow him and say, God, like, like David said, we say this all the time, David was not known in the Bible for, for slaying Goliath. He was known as a man after God's own heart. And that came in the yielded place of saying, God, search my heart. If there is anything inside of me, take it out. And so it's in that place that God, he begins to heal those wounds. And from that place, he takes us from healing and he brings us into restoration. And so Jesus did not die on a cross for you to go to church. He died on a cross for you to be restored. To, for you to be restored, not, not for you to fall into some system, whether you're Baptist or some He doesn't care about that. He wants you to live from what was robbed from you in Genesis 3. And so Jesus created these people at the beginning of the Bible, and he looked at them and he said about them what? It is good. And if you look at yourself in the mirror or if you have this image of yourself other than it is good, you have not yet been restored. And that's not shaming or condemnation. That's this beautiful invitation to realize that Jesus has so much more for you. He is not interested in leaving you where you are. And so in Genesis 3, we see that they're walking through, through, through the Garden of Eden. And they had just eaten from the wrong tree. There's two trees in the garden. And every day, right, we have to choose what we're going to eat from. Are you alive? Yeah. Every day. You think that what you, don't, what, that what you watch doesn't affect you. It affects us, man. And I'm not just talking about the bad news. No, I'm talking about the news. I'm talking about all of it. What, what we feed our spirit, it begins to affect us. And we, it begins to change how we view the world. Yeah. It begins to give us a new lens. And we begin to believe things that are just false. And so God will come in and he'll, he'll give us, you know the Bible says that you are a co-laborer with Christ. You understand? Meaning that you and the Holy Spirit inside of you are working in tandem you have come to a singular agreement that we are going to work this thing out. The issue is many of us, we've made negative agreements. How many of you ever made a negative agreement about yourself? Thank you, Covey. <laughs> Covey's like, whoop. <laughs> I feel you, bro. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up in a home that where my dad was gone. And I, I don't know how many Christmases, but it was many Christmases where they were like, dad's coming, but he would never show up. And so internally, I made an agreement within myself 
I'm not worthy of time. And you internalize and you begin, how many of you know, even science knows that the more you think something about yourself, the deeper that groove goes in the brain. You don't need Bible. That's proven in science. The more you think of yourself as a piece of this or all this groove in the brain. And so we come into Christianity and you begin to hear songs about how amazing God is and what he's wanting to do in you. The problem is your brain does not comprehend that kind of goodness. So we come in and we try to stack a God agreement. God is good and so are you on top of this and it just doesn't work. So we come and we begin to praise God and we don't realize that there is literally negative agreements. There, what is an agreement? An agreement is this. It is the act of coming into a mutual arrangement. Meaning whether positive or negative, I have come into this thought. All of this starts in the mind, does it not? You're making a rationalization in your mind right now whether what I'm saying is true or not. It is, it is the response in your heart, in your soul, to, to come into the agreement, I believe that, and you say yes to it. The problem is, the Bible says that a kingdom that is divided, what happens to it? It cannot stand. And so no matter how much you come to abide or how amazing worship is, none of it, if your internal kingdom has lies in it, it cannot stand. There is a false sense of foundation. And what God is wanting to do, he's wanting to fundamentally come into that. And he's wanting to heal that place. This doesn't have to look ugly. It doesn't have to be um, um, embarrassing. What he's wanting to do is gently come in and say, hey, what about, let me touch that. Because the truth is, we live in a world right now that they put more money or more emphasis on making money than fathering. Listen, guys, if, if, if we think we're successful because of the money we make, but, but nobody at home, listen, if we're failing at home, we're failing. Yeah. If people at our job are more impressed by us than our kids, we're failing. And we've got to fight for this connection because we live, that's living according to the kingdom of the world and it is influenced by a lie. Well, if I'm providing for them, then they should be happy. No, your kids don't want your money, they want your heart connection. And this, because we have all of these things that we emphasize, but God is looking for people that would connect their hearts, not just with your kids, but with people. And so I've made a decision in my life. If I'm going to walk innocently, and I pray you do too, I'm not going to close my heart off. I'm not going to live closed off. Well, what if people hurt you? Well, listen, then I'm going to pray against the spirit that is influencing them. Because I love them. And I don't want to live my heart closed off and not allowing people to see the true me in fear. The Bible says perfect love does what to fear? It casts out fear. And so as we move forward, we have to recognize, we recognize what, what lie has creeped into my soul that is not allowing me to be restored to what God has for me. What lie have I believed about my kids? And this influences every part of your life because, listen, for the longest time, my motivation of being a father was being better than my father. While that may be a good motivation because I'm not an absent parent, it's still not what God has for me for Judah. And it becomes difficult for us because we disconnect from these feelings and we're like, we're just trying to make it. How many of you ever felt we're just trying to make it? Anybody? We're just trying to survive. I want to read to you some scripture. And I want to show you what's, what's available to you from Jesus. I want to read to you John 10.10. 10. It should be in the back. 
Jesus says this to, to those who follow them. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the overflow or in abundance. 2 Peter 1.3 says this, by his divine power, God has given us everything. Say everything. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. We have received all of this. How do we receive it, people? Come on. We receive all of this by coming to know him. All of the things that you think you want or that are in your heart that he has put there. And listen, God is good. God would not put something in your heart if he did not intend to help you walk that out. It's not who he, he's not dangling carrots in front of you. He has put it in your heart and the only prerequisite that he wants from you is for you to come to know him. So as we know him by means of his marvelous glory and his excellency, he calls us. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual, not some. He has blessed you. If you have said yes, through the Holy Spirit, he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so the place we have to land as believers is not accepting for our lives. We're just trying to make it. But, but fighting for everything that has been promised to us through the word. And, and, and realizing, God, you said overflow and I'm living in lack, so I need you to speak truth to me. And you fight for that word from him. And you, don't, you remain in this place where you're like, God, I need you to speak. And when he speaks that word, it becomes an anchor for you. The same way you were anchored by that lie, the truth of God becomes an anchor that does not allow you to slip back into to deception. It keeps you in his truth. And so many people, they come to church, look, I don't need that. I, I prayed a blank. I, I said, Jesus, take everything. The problem is God is a God of specifics. Like there's a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. It's in there. And God is a God of specifics. And he's wanting us to clean house. And the beautiful thing is he does this. I'm not asking you to go to a journal and write down every dysfunction you have. I'm asking you to be open to the Holy Spirit. We did this with our leadership yesterday. So I'm not preaching you something that we didn't do with our highest level. And say, Holy Spirit, can you come in? And if there's anything inside of my heart, how many of you know the Bible says when offenses come, not if they come. Yeah. When offenses come, that we would be a people that we would be quick to resolve with one another. That we would be a people that we would be willing to go low. Are you hearing me? We would go low in a world that's pride. I'm right. They're wrong. Low. And we say, you know what, man? It doesn't matter who's right or wrong because I care about you more than that. And I prefer you in this moment. And what I'm telling you is as we do this in our marriages, in our marriages and in our relationships, what begins to happen is a unity comes in. A unity comes into the house where, where when God attacks one or another, we begin to carry. I believe this is what it looks like to carry one another's burdens. We look at it as this negative thing, but I believe as we're vulnerable with one another and we, and we cease to be in agreements, realizing that God has given. You know, you know Paul wrote a letter to a church. It was a church. And he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty in Christ for what? For pulling down strongholds. That was not written to the world. That was written to the church, meaning there must have been people in the church that were still trying to work some stuff out. So what is a stronghold? A stronghold is this. Are you good? Yeah. 
I knew it. I knew it. A stronghold is the fortification around and defense of what you believe. Catch this, especially when you're dead wrong. No, it's great. It's like, it's like somebody comes to you. And so like we pray like, God, get this out of my life. And God will literally send someone to speak truth into you. And you're like, I can't hear that. And we begin to block people out. And we begin, we've believed lies about ourselves. Like there are people, I used to believe I was an angry person. You understand? With Jesus, I'm just angry. The first thing I said to my wife is, I don't do commitment. That commitment thing, I don't do that. That's a little crappy when you're looking to get married to somebody. And we believe all of these things about ourselves. And we blanket prayer and we come in. And because, because as, as Christians, sometimes we tend to emphasize the things that we excel at. So like if you're prophetic, ooh, I give prophetic words. And if you, oh, I pray for the sick and I fed the hungry. And we tend to neglect all the things that are in the background. The unforgiveness, the anger, the rage, the bitterness, all that stuff that, that the truth is, so, so like we watch TV, like how did that guy do all of that yet he had a moral failure? Because we tend to just push everything back to the side, but what God is, he's asking from us is that people who walk innocent, who, who would choose to, to, to allow the word of God in people and in others to pull down, this is another definition, what one does to fortify and defend a personal belief, idea, or opinion against outside opposition. And you know what's crazy? This is what I found. The more I become entrenched in my idea of what I think is right, even people who God sends will look at as opposition to me. They just will. They'll come in that like God will be using and like oh they're not they're not with me then what they're against me. Yet the Bible says that God has given us weapons to pull down strongholds, and I believe it just comes with us coming to the realization that we're, we are in process, and allowing God into those places. Can I show one more story? Thank you. Nobody said yes, but I'm gonna do it anyways. <laughs> I know y'all hungry. It's good. It's been a long day for me too. I shared with you that I had a dad that was in and out. I, I had a specific memory entrenched in me when I was seven years old that where my dad never came, and, um, and it marked me in, in a very deep way. It's where that lie really got rooted. And I share this with you because I, I need you to see that it's important for you to allow God to speak truth to lies. My my dad doesn't show up, and, and, and I get this, this a couple of things happen. One, I'm never going to let anybody hurt me like that again. I will not cry. And so I was emotionally, I, I couldn't feel emotion for a long time. And two, I'm not worthy to be loved. I'm unlovable. And so I'm just going to do all the things that unlovable people do. I didn't want to do drugs. It's just what unlovable people, it's just the path that it led me to. And so fast forward, I've been saved probably three, how old was I, 22, probably years old. It's four years now, and I feel like I'm going through cycles because I was delivered, and there was a measure of healing, probably not a lot, because I wanted to be restored. You see this process? I wanted to be restored, and so I had this lie, and so I'm sitting with somebody, and they're like, what needs to happen is that moment as a seven-year-old kid, you need to ask the Lord to take you there, and you need to ask the Lord to speak truth to that lie. I'm like, whatever, let's try it. So I close my eyes and I see myself as a little kid in that apartment. And we're talking and the person's like, what do you feel? I'm like, I feel angry. 
I feel bitter. I feel betrayed. Oh, I feel, I was, that was easy. I feel, because I was still feeling those things. Let me just be honest. And so then the person goes, I want you to look around the room now and see where Jesus is. I said, Jesus is not in this room, bro. <laughs> what well, was well, literally my walls? <laughs> He's not in this room. He's not here. No, 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 I want you, I'm sorry, I'm telling you, I've been replaying this situation in my mind for 18, he's not here. And in a moment, this is why sometimes we talk about having an encounter with Jesus, you think it's some kind of mystical thing? No, a lot of times it's just him speaking truth to stuff that we've believed for a long time. That's an encounter. In a moment, I see the Lord. And it's like, in the way I see him, right, Jesus is not some white dude with long hair, that's not what he looked like. But that's what my Jesus looked like in the moment. And when I see, oh, it took me back to Genesis. When I saw Jesus, my first thought was, I don't deserve for you to be here. No. That was my first. Why? Because I didn't feel worthy of my actual father. And whether you know it or not, the way, the way you see Jesus will determine how you experience him. There will always be a block there. So now I'm like feeling all of these emotions because I'm feeling the, 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 the abandonment of this situation. But Jesus is here and I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And Jesus didn't come to me and say, Gio, you've, you've just messed up for a long, long time. You know what the truth is? Jesus didn't say anything to me. In that moment, what, what, I, what the Lord did for me, <laughs> what the Lord did for me is he got down and he invited me to come. And I literally, by this moment, in this mo when I was sitting next to that guy, I was crying. Because I'm like, you know, I, I never had, I never had any kind of male figure in my life just embrace me in that way. It just never happened for me. And so I lived all of my life thinking that I needed to see a psychiatrist. All, all, and I'm not against any of those. We have them here and we love them. But what I found is one moment with Jesus of vulnerability and, and every step I took towards Jesus, a little bit of my heart got softer. You understand what I'm saying? A little bit of that anger, that frustration, the fear of rejection. And all that happened in that note, nothing was said. I was literally just held. And when I left that room, I was a different person. Why? I had been delivered and healing was taking place. And as healing took place in my life, I was restored back to sonship. And that's what, I, that's what I ever wanted anyways. I just wanted to know that I was a son and I was accepted. And walking innocently for us for a church is allowing God to, to go into that process. Maybe you feel like a failure. Maybe you feel rejected. I don't know what's going on in your heart. But here's what I know. The end goal for you is restoration. What Jesus died for on the cross for you was restoration. And so it really doesn't matter how you've been medicating yourself or what thing you've been doing to distract your attention or pull you away. Maybe you've been working, 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 or you're stuck in front of a TV or you throw. It doesn't matter. What I know is what God wants to do to you is he wants to restore you back to the place where you know you are worthy to be loved. That if you were the only person that would have ever said yes to Jesus, he still would have gone to that cross. And he would have died for the opportunity to have connection with you. So, so I'm going to pray for you. And I just... No music or anything. I, I have faith that God wants to heal a part of you today more than I want you to be healed. I just do. 
And I have faith right now. I believe in my heart. If you would allow him into that place, listen, I know because I went through this. Some of you are already feeling angry, frustrated, frustrated. And I'm telling you that those are the walls. The, the strongholds that are, that, are, that are lifting up to try to block you from receiving God's freedom. And if you would allow him into this moment and you would not give a crap about what the person next to you thinks, I believe that God would heal. He would come into that place and he would deposit some truth into you. I'm going to let my wife share something. You know, the Lord, he has, um, he works in such specifics. And like he said, sometimes we like to blanket things and say, like, Lord, like, just heal whatever. Or I forgive whatever. Um, but he, he cares so intimately about every detail. Yeah. And so when he was talking um, this morning, he was talking about David, and he said, created me a clean heart. I was, I just wanted to share this with you because it was, it's so, um, so significant to me. So I was in, in worship this morning. Martha could probably hear me. I was like screaming. I was like, God, give me a pure, a pure heart. And um, this morning, Ava came up to me and she gave me a word. And this is what the word said. Now, she wrote this word last week. How old is Ava? Nine. She created me a, a picture too. And this is what the Lord says. And I just want you to hear this because sometimes we pray things and we go, Lord, did you even hear what I said? But the Lord heard it before I ever spoke it. And this is what her word says. Your heart is made of gold and it is pure. And then she, she uh, created me this, this work of art. And I just thought, how crazy that sometimes we pass that by and we just think that the Lord just doesn't care about those intimate details. But he cared so much about the moment that I was going to have this morning. He cared about it so much that last week he gave her a word for me. So when you're going to these moments and you're asking the Lord to heal, he cares about the specifics. Don't just brush over it because you're like, it's uncomfortable, I'm angry. He cares about the details. It's so significant to him, and he wants to touch those areas. I just want to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to give room for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. This does not need to be a huge show. He can simply speak to you, and, and like literally the healing can happen right in your chair, and nobody has to know. All you have to do is be open and allow him into that place beyond the wall. So Holy Spirit, right now, I just ask for you to speak. Man, just one thing, Lord. One thing that would be blocking us today, God. I, you said you want us to walk innocently before you, God. And to be a vulnerable and a real people. So God, help us to hear from you in this moment. And I just want you to listen for just, just a few moments. Just no distractions. Just just listen to his voice.
you know, they're, they're, you can keep your eyes closed, but I just, there, there are people in the room, as I was praying for today, I just felt like there was people in the room that have had things spoken over them. Like, just things spoken over them. The Lord, this message, the Lord told me to speak this last night at, like, probably 7.30. Things spoken over them that they have taken on as identity. Like, you have believed that about yourself. And you may not verbalize that, and you may act like that's not the truth, but on the inside, that's how you feel. And that very thing is what God wants to heal. I feel like there's as another person, maybe one, that you went, you went, you were pursuing the Lord, and things didn't turn out the way you thought they were going to turn out, and you, you are very hesitant to fully trust him again. And I just hear the Lord saying, just trust me. I don't know what happened. It's like you went down a road and it wasn't what you thought it was and you feel embarrassed. I just hear the Lord saying, trust me. Some of us, we need to go home like on the way home and just have honest conversations with our husbands and wives. And not keep pushing it off. So Father, whatever, whatever, whatever it is you spoke to every person here today, Father, I ask for a supernatural grace to heal their heart. And I just, one more moment, I just want you, you know the situation. Maybe it's just one word. Maybe it's just one word. I want you to ask the Lord to speak to you one word of truth to replace that lie. You are not going to live in sadness the rest of your life or in depression or alone. And you're not going to have to live your life masked. One word. Why don't we all just pray together? Why don't you put your hand on your heart as we end? And just say, Lord, Lord, help me to be whole. Help me to love those who have hurt me. Help me to forgive quickly. Help me to release offense. Help me to see myself the way that you see me. I know I'm forgiven. Help me to forgive myself. Help me to walk in truth. Give me grace to walk in healing so I can step into restoration. Let your blessings fall on me. Let your blessings fall on my family. And use me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. That's it. Like, it's as simple. Now it's, it's as simple as that. Now we just walk in freedom. You understand? It's as simple as that word that God spoke to you becomes an anchor for your soul. The same way a boat has an anchor, it becomes an anchor for you. And every time the enemy speaks a lie to you, you go back to your anchor. Amen? You go back to that place. Well, that's all I got for you. <laughs> I love you guys. Yeah, I love you guys. Hey, thank you for sticking with us. It was a longer day today, but we love you. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see. If you're a woman, come to Sisterhood on Tuesday, Youth Tonight, and mark down the outreach. It's going to be awesome. Love you guys.